This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything A. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Tanner Wallace Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley. On today's show, we're going to talk about Ukraine's wheat exports and how they're looking. We'll also feature some early research results from a Saskatchewan-based research company about show pigs. And we'll have a double feature about a Canadian company that helps livestock producers feed their animals by supplying them with unsellable food from grocery stores. All that and more, including the farm weather forecast, livestock in resource reports, Saskatchewan Agriculture Today starts right now. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with six. 20 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Tanner Wallace Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley with this portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, which is brought to you by Johnston's Grain. Your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection and for farm fresh water. They'll make your water well wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your farm fresh water today at farmfreshwater.ca. The pace of Ukrainian wheat exports is slowly increasing as the war with Russia closes in on the one-year mark. Mark Jankowski is the chair of the U.S. Department of Agriculture's World Outlook Board. Ukraine wheat exports have been um, relatively strong recently. We increased our uh, Ukraine wheat export forecast by a half million tons to currently at uh, 13 million metric tons. Uh, so, you know, Ukraine is starting to get back toward a, not there yet, but it's getting closer to kind of its historic pace of grain exports. So that's good. Meantime, the USDA does not believe the bumper wheat crop in Russia is as large as being claimed. Michael Witten is with Mercantile Consulting Venture, and he prepares the weekly market report for the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. The USDA increased Ukraine's production and exports by half a million tons each, to 21 million tons and 13 million tons respectively. Exports from the Black Sea will depend on the ability of shippers to get insurance. This is growing increasingly difficult as insurers are no longer offering war insurance for vessels in the Black Sea. Ukraine's AgroConsult says that 2023-24 winter wheat planted area in Ukraine is down 40% from last year. They are expecting production to be down 16% from last year at 15.8 million tons. The USDA projects the average Russian wheat yield at 47 bushels an acre, while the Russians claim it is 52 bushels an acre. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Spawley on 620 CKRM. Tanner Wallace Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley with Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Karst Holding in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire and Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Early research results at the Prairie Swine Centre, 20 minutes southeast of Saskatoon, show pigs can be stimulated into engaging in pr- play. The study is being led by Yoland Seddon an assistant professor at the Western College of Veterinary Medicine at the University of Saskatchewan. Her specialty is swine behavior and welfare. This specific area of investigation really is looking into the role of positive animal welfare, which is a concept of increasing importance to the study and monitoring of animal welfare. When you think about animal welfare and 
trying to improve it, there's been a lot of focus on removal of negative states, removal of pain, reduction of aggression. But we know that pigs are sentient beings. They have capacity to feel a range of emotions. And it is recognized that for animals to have a good quality of life, they should have the opportunity to be experiencing positive emotional states as well. Pigs involved in the research underwent extensive testing. We also took measures of heart rate variability, again, to look at the emotional state of the pigs. It's a physiological measure of emotional valence. And we also took saliva samples as a measure of cortisol for the stress response, but also salivary amylase A, which can also tell us about another part of the stress response related to the fight or flight response. Dr. Seddon says upcoming research will evaluate whether play can provide production benefits in larger hog operations. Looking at whether it can improve resilience against diseases, for example, that's due to be our next experiment. And then finally, when we have this collection of evidence together, the idea is to take it onto commercial farms and see, well, how do we make it more commercially applicable? Because at the moment, we are still in the proof of concept stage. So our current experiment that has been completed was looking at 288 grow finished pigs, studying them in three batches from 10 weeks of age to 21 weeks of age where they were slaughtered. And the goal of this was really to see, can we effectively promote and sustain play in intensive production systems? And are we able to take measures that can demonstrate that it has improved the emotional state of pigs, resulted in positive emotional states and resulted in a stress reduction? Dr. Seddon believes her research is important for both producers and consumers. Every customer survey that has been performed, the data is coming back to show that consumers want to know that animals have had a good quality of life. Even if they want a good value pork product, people want to know that the animals have been well cared for and have good quality of life. So if play is going to be used as a metric for supporting positive animal welfare, then I think it will be of importance to consumers to understand exactly what good animal welfare encompasses. Dr. Yolande Seddon is an assistant professor at the Western College of Veterinarian at the University of Saskatchewan. Her team has been investigating the positive benefits of play for pigs. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. For Real Agriculture and Real Ag Radio, I'm Kelvin Hepner, and uh, we're in St. Jean, Manitoba at St. Jean Farm Days. Pleased to be joined by uh, one of the keynote speakers this afternoon, Brad Magnuson of Magnuson Consulting Group. And Brad, uh, looking at, uh, at markets, not just in the ag market, but some of the commodities outside of agriculture, oil, for example, obviously uh, a major component in, uh, in, what, uh, in what happens in agriculture and, and money that farmers have to spend how do you see it as an indicator for what to expect in the ag economy? Oil, oil and oil and gas certainly has a ma- major impact on the profitability of the farms in, in Canada and the U.S. 
82% of all of agriculture is tied to energy and oil, from the fuel we put in our uh, trucks and our tractors to our petrochemicals. So we really got to understand where outliers or uh, commodities that are going to influence our profitability, we really need to understand what they're doing and how are they going to impact us today, but also tomorrow. Looking back over how many years was it, uh, most of the commodity super cycles were led on the upside by oil, and then uh, the downside looked a little bit scary in terms of uh, us potentially being on that part of the super cycle right now. Yeah, and I think that we're starting to understand super cycles and general commodity cycles much better than we have in the past. And really what we're looking at is being on the backside of a commodity cycle where we start to see the downside. We've seen the upside in the oil. Oil is a leading indicator of where other commodities, wheat, corn, beans, canola is going to go. Um, and that's pulled us up. Now we're on the slowly on that backside. So what can we learn from what has gone in the oil and gas industry and how do we relate that to our, our commodities that we're growing every day? And I think what we're finding is that uh, if we look, seven out of the last nine recessions were caused by high oil. Recessions have a tendency to bring down our commodity prices particularly our wheat, our corn, our soybeans, canola. Okay, so right now we've, of course, seen oil prices go up. They have come down. They've kind of plateaued again or, or bounced a bit. Uh, where, do, where do we go from here? I think that if we look at the long-term cycle, if we, we can even go all the way back to the early 1800s and study the cycles, usually where we come off the high in the market, we come down for a certain amount of months, say four to six months, we bounce a little bit, and then generally we're on that downward trend. Um, and probably that downward trend is going to last probably three to four years. So that means pre-sale right now if we can um, I think on the upside of the cycle you're going to not pre-sale but I certainly am um, I'm certainly um, making producers aware of the fact that on the backside of that cycle you want to pre-price now um, or or um, certainly before you end as we go into the into the spring of 2023 um, because we have that belief that those prices are going to fall. So you might as well capture some of the good prices now and then uh, conserve your profitability. Buy puts? Options, I guess, would be an option at this point as well? On the backside of the cycle, uh, certainly on, on, on soybeans could be an issue. Uh, one of the things that we're realizing, we got a very, very big crop of soybeans coming out of uh, Brazil. Uh, short term, next month to three months, I would say, you know, maybe we start looking at some puts. What about some other commodities outside of agriculture copper steel what should we be looking for on on those charts if we look at those futures graphs uh copper is certainly a leading indicator of the global economy and you notice that it's doing the same thing as oil we've seen this big run up we've hit the top we are coming down the back side of that cycle so that also tells us that we're going to recession it also tells us that china's not doing as well and we in north america want china to do very well in the gdp why they buy more food they buy more food us as producers certainly earn more revenue per acre. 
So in general, to me, it sounds like you're more on the bearish side of things right now in terms of where the global economy is headed, included agriculture, of course, being impacted by that. You use the word recession there. Are, are we, do you feel we are already in a recession, just maybe not a, a technical recession at this point? You know, technically, as a pure economist, I would say that we're not, but certainly we're certainly seeing it from the populace. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather forecast is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866 and Moose Jaw Truck Shop. The number one choice for any diesel engine repair, drop in with no appointment necessary or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today it's cloudy with a 30% chance of light snow and a risk of a freezing drizzle with fog patches dissipating early this afternoon. There's a high of minus 7 with wind chill near minus 13. Tonight cloudy with a 30% chance of light snow. Risk of freezing drizzle this evening. Fog patch is going to be redeveloping this evening. Low of minus 15 with wind chill minus 12 this evening and minus 22 overnight. Tomorrow it clears up early in the morning but increasing cloudiness late in the afternoon. More fog patches. A high of minus 8 wind chill minus 24 in the morning and minus 13 in the afternoon. And tomorrow night it's clear with a low of minus 12. On Saturday, it's sunny with a high of minus 6 and a low of minus 8. The normal high for today is minus 11 and the normal low for today is minus 23. Sunrise was at 8.50 this morning and sunset is scheduled for 5.29 tonight. Around the province at this hour in Estevan, it's minus 6. Yorkton, minus 11. Swift Current, minus 9. Moose Jaw, minus 6. Weyburn, minus 7. Saskatoon, minus 5. And in Regina, it's minus 6. The hot spot in the province is Cypress Hills at minus 3, and Valmarie's the cold spot in the province at minus 16. We'll be back with more Saskatchewan agriculture today in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, McDougalAuctions.com, and by Pattison Liquid Systems. Experts in liquid fertilizer distribution, fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. Loop Resource is a Canadian company that helps livestock producers feed their animals by supplying them with unsellable food from grocery stores. They got their start a few years ago in Dawson Creek, British Columbia. The farmer responsible for the program, James White, calls it a farmer-run initiative to do better things with the food grown here in Canada. He spoke recently with reporter Cheryl Brook. It's hard to grow food here. We love that the grocery stores sell it. We love that they give it to the charities and the food banks for people in need. But not all of it's human usable. But almost all of it is usable back on the farm to create food. So you can feed it to pigs, you can feed it to chickens, you can feed it to cows. It helps offset your cost of feed. It helps offset the carbon footprint of that feed. And it produces really really engaged and happy animals. So the idea is fairly simple. Let's not throw food in the garbage. Let's make it available to small farms so that they can 
supplement and bolster their feed supply, and it keeps those nutrients in circulation in our communities, making food local to where you are. I was definitely one of the first three farms that were involved, and it was just a simple question, like, how can we raise our animals a little more uh, economically? All of us were small producers. We wanted to make the right choices for our family, grow nutritious food that we knew what was in it. So we approached a grocery store and said, hey, we'd like to take the food you can't sell. And we were told no, which really surprised us. <laughs> but it turns out there there are a lot of problems with this model for grocery stores. There's risk involved. There's reliability concerns. There's management of scheduling. And, and the, the reality is stores are very busy and they've got a lot of people doing a lot of things. They don't need one more button to push. So we went away and we built a system that would allow them the insurances their lawyers needed, the contracts that they wanted, the penalties to cover damages if something was left behind or created extra work for the store. And then we did what farmers do best. We showed up and we did what we said we would do. And <laughs> that idea caught on. And it actually caught us by surprise. We thought that the Dawson Creek area was the only part of the country that didn't have something like this yet. And turns out there was a few more places than that. We now work coast to coast from Nova Scotia and Newfoundland all the way to Whitehorse in the Yukon and Vancouver Island in BC. So, is, is this something that's really unique to Canada or is it based on models that you saw maybe out of Europe or anything like that? To the best of our knowledge, this is the way things used to be everywhere. But thanks to the introductions of liability and contractual obligations and, and stores getting to be really dense hubs of food supply, I don't think people fully understand how much food goes through your average grocery store. <laughs> and they're very good at what they do. They waste, you know, somewhere between 5 and 1% of the food that goes through that store. That's an amazing number. I wish I could run my farm that efficiently. <laughs> but when you're feeding, you know, 80,000 families out of one store and you're bringing in 40,000 kilograms or 400,000 kilograms of food every day or two, one or two percent of that volume is actually quite large and it's meaningful to us as farms. As to where the model came from, I think it's an old model that just needed a, a facelift. It needed to have the insurances and contracts and scheduling and reliability in place so that we could work with large grocery stores. We're a small common sense program wrapped up in a corporate package that they can easily digest and understand. As far as we know, there's no other model in Europe. Or we've been invited to come to Ireland. We've been invited to come to Australia, New Zealand. We've been invited to come to England, Belgium. Like the, the need is present in other countries. Are you shocked at the way it's spread across the country and how people have been really receptive to it? It's been the, the coolest thing I've ever been a part of in terms of it's so clearly win-win. My farm tangibly benefits from this. Our animals are healthier and happier. They look forward to feeding. They don't seem to get like winter depression in the same way they used to. And I mean, if I had to eat shreddies every day all winter, I'd probably get depressed too. <laughs> um, and so the food is interesting and they're interested. And then we start to see all the benefits of healthy happy animals. It has caught us by surprise. Every time we sit down as a team and we say, well, that's about it. We've pretty much covered all the areas we can think of where there's a need. Something else shakes loose and we end up taking on another hundred stores somewhere else. And we're bemused, I guess, more than anything. And I would not have predicted this at any point in the program, but here we are. <laughs> it's it's a very simple idea. I think that's the genius of, of why Loop works so well. It's a very simple idea executed very careful. We'll have more from Jane White with resources 
with Loop Resource after the break. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Tanner Wallace Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley with this segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, which is brought to you by Dagelman Industries. Look to Dagelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market in Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service, arcolabuildingsupplies.com. And we're back with James White, the farmer behind a program called Loop Resource, which helps smaller livestock producers feed their animals food from grocery stores. That food is considered unsellable to humans. He says they had a number of hurdles to jump and red tape to cut through, but once they worked on that, the program started in Dawson Creek. He says it's a way of reducing the operating costs on their farm. Now he says the program is in place across the country and was crucial in helping some producers over the past year, especially those who were hit hard by drought. He spoke with reporter Cheryl Brook. Uh, man, we got heartbreaking stories yeah. through that time. We had people who got onto the program and were just, they were within days of auctioning their bloodlines off. And not even sure that we can talk about that without getting emotional. The the stories we got back from farms were just, they were incredible. Um, One of our store partners in Manitoba and Ontario really came to the table through that drought. We told them about the farms. We said, we know that your Winnipeg stores are on the list for us to start, but we haven't started them yet and we would like to accelerate that process otherwise we're concerned that a lot of the farms that have reached out to us to express interest actually won't own animals after this year and so they allowed us complete free reign to blitz the southern half of manitoba to start everything that they owned in support of family farms and agriculture in canada have you heard back from the farms since then like how did they, were they able we to have, rebound? Oh, yeah we have just stacks of letters and emails from farms that say there's some version of our farm is safe now thanks to the program stepping in when it did. We had farmers who had no feed, right? Like it's not, it wasn't like a low feed year in southern Manitoba. It was a no feed year. There was no, there was no cuttable hay. Like it was coming up short. It was coming up sparse and dry. And if you you graze that off you're not going to get much of a crop the next year and there's hardly anything to gather this year so it really affected us as a team we were we were excited that the store was willing to give us that permission and and support us and we were really touched by the impact it had on farms we have we have many farms that to this day say at some point that this program has allowed them to weather a storm they wouldn't have been able to weather whether it was a job-related thing where they couldn't buy the feed that they were used to buying or whether it was an actual storm, (laughs) actual flood, or actual drought. Farming is tough, and in a small way, I think Loop is really a program about farmers supporting other farmers. We, We do help each other out, and within the program, I've met other small farmers as crazy as I am that are kind of thinking about the same scale of problems and the same kind of animals, and and we help each other out, up to and including helping take care of each other's farms and animals while they can get a break and go away, which is an unheard of event in a livestock farmer's life. Well, that's really important for people to understand, isn't it? I mean, the, the it's a really good example of how farmers work together in this, at least in this country, if not around the world as well. Absolutely. Farmers, we talk about this a lot as a team because obviously we we interact with a lot of small farms, but the foundation of almost every community in Canada is small farms. 
that is the bedrock of the community. There's You need farms because of the lifestyle and values that they bring to the community. And when, when those farmers start to leave the community, even though everyone else might be left, it's lost its foundation. And you'll see these small prairie towns start to struggle. And in places where those smaller farms are coming back with small families and big ideas, you see these towns start to take on a new life. And I don't know that we've given the credit quite where it was due for a while. I mean, my grandpa's generation told all the kids not to farm because there wasn't money in it. And I think that my generation is coming around to think not everything of value is measured in money. Mm -hmm. And farming carries a wonderful lifestyle for your family and your kids. It carries a really tangible sense of purpose that you're doing something good and you're that's James White from Dawson Creek, B.C., the farmer behind the Loop Resource Program, which works with grocery stores to provide unsellable foods to smaller livestock producers. Here's the market updates with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Tanner Wallace Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley with your market update brought to you by Freeze Tallman. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building materials supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina in Fort Capel. Durham's at 476.44, feed barley 356.57, canola 819.52, chickpeas 925.95, flax 682.98, lentils 703.50, oats 229.32, yellow peas 467.70, feed wheat 289.56, and one spread wing. One red spring wheat is at 418.26. That's the market update. Livestock quotes coming up next. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 842-4574. Now here are the latest livestock quotes. Hello, Cattlemen. Junior for Heartland Livestock Services, New York, and with your market report for the week of January 18th. With our smoking hot prices, we had a large offering on this week. 2867 in the pre-sort, 548,000 bulls for a total of 34.15. During the sale, I had an astute cattleman and retired order buyer tell me with our prices and our buyer's row that we are the shining star of the auction marks, and our prices showed it this week. Buckskin steers, 406 at 335, 499 at 325, 567 at 311, 640 weights at 297.50, 775 at 258, and the big buckskin steers at 868 at 250. Black steers, 487 pounds, 321.50. 567 at 309, 637 at 29550, 856 at 248. On the red X steers, 643 pounds, 295, 712 weights, 269 and a quarter, and 861 weights at 246. On the heifer trade, buckskin heifers, 496 at 254, 633 at 237, 779 at 22850. On the block heifers, 496 at 26050, 636 at 23450. On the red X efforts, 503 at 249, 640 at 232, 792 at 214. On the column bull trade, we saw 440 cows average 89.5. D1s, 90 to 98. D2 cows, 84 to 89. Your D3, 72 to 80. Your light shelly cows, 62 to 70. Heiferettes, $1.15 to $1.56. On the bull trade, 28 big bulls average $1.23 with a high of $1.34. Producers, bread cow sale, Friday, January 27th, 11 a.m. There will be about 150 cows on offer. There's 50 top-end black cows from Malinowski Farms, bred to Parkwood, Black Angus Bulls, for Mid-March Cavalry, and many other consignments. Producers, pre-sorts every week, and they're filling up out, so give us a call to book your cattle. Once again, this has been Junior for HLS York, and thank you, and have a great day. Coming up next, the Resource Report. 
This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.